I really don't think that they think we have a right to it. I think they just really support the idea. And when you really support the idea, you can simply say with your mouth, I have the right to this. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and view them from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined here always by Shane Skirvin. Shane, what's been going on, man? Oh, I've been busy, enjoying summer, enjoying this uh, beautiful summer here in Southern Oregon. Yeah, it's not bad, not bad, not bad, good. It's been, it's been a while since we've gotten the podcast. We've yeah. you know, you've had quite a bit going on, but we're yep. back. We're trying, trying, to, trying to do some more episodes here. I may possibly a couple changes in format a little bit but uh we'll get that a little bit later just some, th- some things in the, in the mix we were just talking about before we recorded here so uh i don't know we'll see we'll see what uh switching lenses has in in the store for us here might in switch the, things up you, a little bit right uh yeah, there right, it is man, yeah, joke, yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> all right uh got, we have a new email address i don't believe we've mentioned yet so uh, you can reach us on, by email at switching lenses podcast at gmail you can email us with any kind of comments or questions you have about the podcast and of course you can always reach us on twitter at lenses switching well shane we have a pretty uh interesting topic tonight this is something i've really been wanting to get into uh we're going to talk about this idea of rights of uh, more specifically human rights and this is a this is a term a phrase that I've, i hear quite a bit uh thrown out uh, all throughout our culture um you know, recently I was listening to uh, the Democrat debate a couple of weeks ago, and it's actually tonight. There was one right before we recorded here tonight, and uh, that, that's a place where I hear a lot of this this talk of rights. Uh, we hear this oftentimes when people are uh, social media; it's all over the place, uh, <laughs> just about everything, right? Any kind of talking point is in social media, but <laughs> but we but we hear this all over the place. And Shane, so we we want to we want to dive into this, and we want to really really take a look at this idea of rights because we hear so many people say they have the right to this, the right to that. And so let's, let's take, let's look at a couple of examples of these rights. Let's talk about what it looks like in the cultural landscape. And then let's actually take a look at it. Let's kind of dive into this. And again, like we say in our podcast, let's open up all the assumptions that are built into this idea and hold this up to the light and see, let's see what it shows us. And we'll, of course, we'll be looking at this through a biblical lens to, to really see how, you know, how, how can we, how can we process and how can we work with this? That sound good, Shane? Yeah, it sounds great. <clears throat> okay. Let's talk a little bit here about what we see. And I, I mentioned that we'd seen this in the, the debates here and it's not just there because I've seen this in news articles. A lot of people claim this idea. We have the right to this. We have a right to that. Just to give you a couple of examples of things I hear quite often. Um, and again, we're not making any judgments on these right now. We're just going to, I'm just trying to get some, get the information out there. This is what we're talking about. We're just going to put it to the light for right now. So, you know, some of the things, Shane, of course, you, you jump in here too with anything you've here. Um, some big ones now since uh, with the debates going on and, and the primaries and whatnot, uh, we hear the idea of we have the, the right to he- free health care. We hear the right to a free education, uh, the right to your own body, like what happens to your own body. Um, the pursuit of happiness. What am I leaving out here, Shane? Oh man, I, I mean, it pretty much covers all all phases of life. I mean, there's even a debate going on right now about the right to a basic income. That as oh yeah, Jim, yeah. As a just because you're a, a, alive and, and a person that you have a right to um, ha- housing or a, a regular check from the government. I mean, these are all um, discussions that are going on right now that 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 the our whole nation is trying to define 
Yeah, and it's 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 really a complex topic, isn't it? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. It, well, it covers basically all of life. I mean, what do you what do you owe your fellow man? What do you owe your community? Even even the discussion about um, that is driving the debate right now, the political discourse in our country, the debate about immigration. I mean, within so you talk about the Democratic Party, both in the Republican Party, there is um, disagreements that are, or a debate about what do you owe your uh, fellow citizen? Is it the same? Do you owe that fellow citizen the same? that you owe um, um, someone who's not a citizen, someone mm-hmm. who's an immigrant, illegal or otherwise, illegal or legal. I mean, what do we owe each other? I mean, this, is, this, is, this isn't a um, right or left or uh, Republican versus Democrat. This is something the entire, our entire nation is trying to answer. Yeah, that's a, that's a really big talking point. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's a big issue, especially like, like what, I've, what I've seen in the debates, like that's a, that's a big one right there. Um, and even within the, like the democratic party, they've, they're split on this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, 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 it's a really interesting topic or a really, really, uh, interesting quote, right. Um, and, and I kind of want to lay a disclaimer here a little bit too, that we, we aren't talking in terms of U S constitutional rights right now. Uh, right. Shane, we're, we're talking more than, than the idea of just basic human rights. So, yeah, know, we, we, we people could bring arguments to the table and say, well, you know, we have the right here in the U.S. to do this or that, that, but that, that's great. And if we were talking about analyzing the Constitution and whether or not it says it or not, then that would be a great talking point. But that's not that's not what we're doing on this podcast today. What we're doing is we're saying, regardless of where you live, what rights do you have? Because, as a human, as a human being, yes. And so that's going to be the context that we're looking at all this through. And so we're going to kind of put the U.S. Constitution to the side just for a moment uh, while, we, while we analyze this and look at all of humanity. What rights do all of humanity have? Um, now, Shane, I didn't tell you this, but because I was saving it here for the podcast. But one of the things I did was uh, I, I went to Facebook. Uh, being a teacher that I am, I have a, I'm part of a teacher group. And I kind of proposed a question out there. And I put it in light of free education because I was talking with teachers, but I put in there, I was like, hey, what do you think about, do we have the right to free education? And also threw in there, what, other, what about other rights? But I mostly, got, I mostly got answers about education, which was fine. That's one aspect we're talking about this. And I, I got some really interesting responses. Um, what was really common that I got in here was people just saying something to the effect of, yes, education is a human right. And several of the people I had to prod a little further and say, okay, why? And trying to get some of the, I got a lot of different responses as to why that was a right. Why that, why every human, what, well, I was, I was saying, how does every human have that right? But I think a lot of people were still putting in the context of um, being under U.S. jurisdiction and uh, what constitutional law should say and state laws and, and whatnot. But I got a lot of interesting answers. I, I did get one answer that I thought was really interesting. And somebody, one person really caught what I was asking. And I was really, I was really getting at like, you know, where does that right come from, sort of? And then she, she kind of got it a little bit and was um, asking some really good questions about, she's like, well, you said rights to all humans. So, hmm, I don't know. That's, that's kind of puzzling. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I was trying to get from this questioning. I just wanted to hear some responses. So, um, it was really and a really interesting engagement I had with a lot of teachers, kind of asking them to clarify their position 
on why, because most of them did say, well, no, that's the most majority of the ones I talked to said it is a right. And I said, well, why? Why is it a right? So it, it, it was pretty interesting, I thought. So, um, so we, we, we've laid out some of these rights here, Shane. And I don't know, tell me what you think. I, if I have to be perfectly honest, I think a lot of times when people claim to have the right to something, that list we just named off, I really don't think that they think we have a right to it. I think they just really support the idea. And when you really support the idea, you can simply say with your mouth, I have the right to this, but that's not really founded on anything. I think people say they have the right to something just because they really, really want something. What, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's desire and appetite don't make a right, you know? And so it, it, it's not that those are necessarily wrong, but those, uh, uh, you can be hungry, but that doesn't give you a right to take someone's food, you yeah. know? And so, uh, and you can, you can be in dire need, but that, that doesn't necessarily give you the right just to demand something of someone What's, else. I, I think some might argue that maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can that, say, what, no, the, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I have the right to, to, to survive. So then, then I, I can take your food. Yeah, well, in that that's where things get uh, tricky when uh, it's it's what you uh, define. Like, for example, when to me to bring in a little bit of perspective that so you were talking about that poll and the right to education. Mm -hmm. To me, it it's it's in light. Anytime you talk about um, a right, you have to look where that arose. And the first point, the first place where there was public education where it was mandated was New England, and it was by English uh, citizens, subjects. They weren't even. Um, there was no America. And the whole reason they got together and decided to lay aside a joint taxes um, that they would they would gather together and to and hire a teacher and build a schoolhouse, it was to give people the um, the gift of education so they could read the scriptures and decide for themselves what kind of Christians they want to be. So it arose in a very specific, geographical location and and world view and belief. And so I, I think it when we're discussing rights, I, I think it's important to understand the context and the history and where they arose and how they arose. You know, because it, it's no it makes no if you just sit there and elaborate all of us on our opinion on where rights came from without putting in any kind of context of seeing where this came from. To me, you have to nurture the soil and the seed if you want the fruit. And, and that's something I, I, th I think we do well to look at the context. A right, a rights didn't just show up. They have a very particular path uh, in our nation's history. Well, let me ask you a question, Shane. Yeah. I, and when I, was in, when I was engaging these people on Facebook in this group, I really wanted to ask this, but I thought it might seem a little bit argumentative. And that was trying to like poke the bear sort of. And I, I, didn't, I really didn't want to come off that way. I really just want people's genuine responses. And I just wanted to like clarify some of their, I may have some clarifying questions for them. If I they're really getting at what I was asking. So I didn't really want to stir the pot too much. But let me ask you this. Is there a difference between something that's just a good idea and something that's a right? So can, can something be like, productive. I mean, like it can, it can be extremely helpful and that's a great idea, but it's not your right though, either to, to that, even though it's good, it's not necessarily your right. Is, is there, can, can, can there be a difference between those two? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't force, um, I mean, you can, you, all of us have some sort of standard of, of what's a good idea and what's a bad idea and to force that on someone else, even if it's a, 
I mean, all of us could, I mean, we could as a society or in a particular city, I mean, we could mandate something that it's probably a good idea, but people ha should have the right to refuse that. I mean, that's that ongoing discussion between um, people who would be social conservatives and people that are libertarians. You know, it's right. what do you value most? Is it, is it maximizing freedom or is it um, the welfare of the community? So really, you, know, you, think, so, you think it's, so you're saying like using the word good, I think something's a good idea. That's kind of a subjective term. So yeah. Like, well, and even if it, even if it's not subjective, um, if, if it's, if it's good, but it's forced, is it still a good? Yeah. I mean, good tied point. to, yeah, tied to, um, freedom is a value that just cannot be trampled. You know, you have to have, you have to have freedom in and of itself is a good. So I, I think it's that careful regulation of um, of law because just because you're free to do something, you know that old line that I, I like. Um, you're free to swing your arm, but your freedom to swing your arm stops at the at the start of my nose. Yeah. Um, you know it. Uh, do just if you maximize freedom of the individual, is it to the detriment of the community? It actually is a pretty complex thing to lay out individual rights. That's if you're laying out an individual's rights, that's the only way the rights of a community can exist. So there, you can't put the community. I mean, that's the classic story of socialism, right? Yeah. You're elevating the community over the individual, right. and you're getting that out of order. And that's where uh, a socialism turns into total totalitarianism. There it is. Where you, yeah, there you go. I had to struggle to get that out. I read it more than I say it, but mm -hmm. you get that um, that statism that is saying they're doing everything for the public good. But I mean, that's that's the road that Joseph Stalin and Mao Zedong that that led them to kill millions of not just their own countrymen. I mean, uh, uh, look at the book Bloodlands. Uh, Stalin. A lot of people don't know this, but when Stalin would take over a country in the name of the people, right, in the name of the good, one of the first things he did is he shot everyone he thought would oppose the path to good. I mean, his own famous line for justification was to make a good omelet, you got to crack a few eggs. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's a slippery slope. You have to be very careful when you're uh, doing violence in the name of virtue. He, he's the originator of that quote? Uh, it's been attributed to him. Oh, wow. I had no idea. I can't use that anymore. Oh, well, I actually like the quote. I mean, the quote's actually a pretty good quote. It does it's apply just, to a lot of things. Yeah, but it's just, it shouldn't apply to people's lives. No, it should yes, apply yes, to yes. like. Uh, I've never used people, it to, <laughs> to justify, <laughs> justify violence. In yeah, no, I honestly say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, way to take us off track there, Shane. Yeah, oh, a little bit of rabbit God. trail. But hey, is, is it not that, I mean, it's all about, if you don't start at the individual rights, you'll never get it right. If you don't start get it right on the macro level, you'll never get it right. Uh, I mean, on the micro level, you'll never get it right at the macro level. Yeah. I mean, that's where every scheme for the utopia of man have led to mass murder, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we have to be, this. we're treading on some pretty sacred ground. There's a lot of people who have died trying to get this right. And so it's not as easy as, I mean, you can squander the wealth of nations. Look at Venezuela. Country has all kinds of good, but bad ideas have consequences. You know, yeah. and I think it's really important when, we, when we're treading this path and just having this debate in our country that we say, slow down a little bit. Let's, let's examine um, the ancient uh, landmarks and understand why they're there. Why are these ancient boundaries there that the king, in our tradition, where we come from, the king had to bow his head and ask the peasant to enter his house. I mean, that's where we get the idea that you can't unlawful search and seizure, that a king has to ask permission of the peasant to go into his house if he doesn't have a cause, if he doesn't have a good cause. That's the reason we have a judicial oversight of the police's warrants for search and seizure, right? Right. I mean, even though we know, right, aren't there houses that we're like, we're pretty sure there's drugs being dealt there. We're pretty sure they're a yeah. of prostitution. But we pay honor 
to the idea that you have to go before a judge, the police have to go before a judge and get a warrant based on something to enter that the premise of that house, right? Right. I mean, you know, you know, I, I mean, I hate to bring out the cliche of the road to hell is paved with good intentions, but if you have this random searches, I mean, that's that's. I mean, I know you didn't want to go dev, delve too deeply into constitutional talk, but I mean, that's the whole reason why we have this idea that you just can't go everywhere and just do anything. The in the ends don't justify the means. It's sort of like showing a person dignity a little bit, like uh, to some to some degree, like to to show enough dignity that hey, we're not going to. Even if we're highly suspicious, if we have no proof, we still owe you the dignity of, you know, to to have your place and to have almost a, a privacy, I guess, in a way. Well, it's a right to it's a right. Well, it's actually it's a right to to your own. I mean, it's yeah. a right to your own place, your own, like you said, dignity. Right? Are, aren't yeah. all right? Uh, that's a great great tie-in. Aren't all rights based on dignity? Well, I don't know. Oh, good transition there, Shane. Boom. So let me ask you this, Shane. Um, if we, if we claim that we have a right to something, doesn't there have to be an origin to that right? And so if, if I have the right to something, I, I, the question I think that is begged is, well, who, who gave you that right? Where did it come from? What is the origin of this right that you have? Don't we, don't, don't we have to ask that? Well, I, I think a, a great way to ask it is that on the playground, says who, Right. Like, isn't that the yeah. basic, uh, you know, right? If they're mm-hmm. like, hey, don't do this. And you're like, says who? I mean, it really, really, it's that appeal to uh, what right exists without any kind of authority. You really could ask that towards any, anytime anybody says, we have the, I, we or I have the right to blah, 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 whatever, X. You could really, <laughs> says who? You could really yeah. re- respond with that. And that's what I want to get at here is, because I feel like with that, with that term, if we're going to use that term, I have the right like that's been given to you, some or, or there's something about you that you have earned. I was looking up the, the definition of a right before we were before we were recording, before we were talking about this, and it was it, it kind of it used the word like ent- entitlement, and that's a word we throw around a lot today that people feel entitled to certain things. And I think the, the assumption behind that is, well, you you feel entitled, but you're you're not entitled to that. You you think you are, but you're not. That's, I feel like that's the assumption when you accuse somebody. Yeah, being so it, it has like a negative connotation. Right. And so that, that I feel, I feel like there's sort of a parallel there between rights. It's sort of like, I have the right to this. Well, it's sort of like, well, you, you feel entitled to these rights, but where did, who gave them to you? Where, where do they come from? Like what, what, how did you obtain this right? That's a good way so, of saying it. How did you obtain so, this? So, so trace that origin out. Like you don't owe morality to the mountains. All morality is personal. The English definition, you know, the word, so it's like what you ought to do. The word, the old English word for ought to is uh, you owe it to. So, you know, when someone's saying you ought to do this, they're saying you owe it to do this. So who do you owe it to? Says who? Right. Who do you owe it? So, I mean, you're, you're, you're going, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. You immediately, you have to follow that back to some sort of foundation. That's why it's crazy. It's myopic for every us to go into great detail about these perceived rights, whether they are or they're not, or the principle behind these rights, if you don't actually go to the foundation, because otherwise it's all, it can get torn down, right? Well, yeah, well, let's, let's look at that. Let's sit, let's take a couple of worldviews here and let's, let's sort of kind of do our best to answer for them and see, you know, can, can I, what, what, when I, I'm asked that question about the origin of a right, if I hold this worldview what's one possible conclusion that I could come to from that? So Shane, if I hold a postmodern worldview, what 
what can I say about rights? I think this is to me kind of a funny, <laughs> kind of funny question because right, right. If we're talking about postmodern, we're saying there's no such thing as truth, right? Yeah. Well, not just that. So take it a little further. The postmodern says not only is there no absolute truth, but all truth claims are power grabs. So it actually lays out even a more sinister path, which is just an absolute mess. All if you're talking about truth, the the exact definitions. If you're talking about any time someone's talking about truth or or especially universal truth, it's really a power grab. So if I say that I have the right to, well, okay, let's use the early, early example: the right to free education. Is that would you say like a postmodern might say? Well, you're you want to educate yourself. You say you have the right to this because you want to educate yourself so you can what get this yeah, job to uh, hold, hold over these people that make this have kind a of money, have a privilege, create a hierarchy, have a privilege, and hold it over other people. I mean, it 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 is absolutely it's crazy because you don't have any individual truth for anyone if you don't have an absolute truth in which it hangs on. I mean, that's why uh, in the Christian worldview, it's called a mago day. It's the idea that all uh, humans have worth because they're made in the image of God. And you have just a bedrock belief that all rights are based on human dignity and human worth. Right, right. I'm jumping ahead here, Shane, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so really, if Sorry, I, I, I just, uh, I, I love so the concept. I need, of that, I need that fishing line. <laughs> I gotta have that fishing pole. Let me reel you back in here, Shane. Okay, okay. Um, that's okay. That's quite all right. It wouldn't be a podcast without that. Yeah. So, so really, what we're getting at is something. That if we, if I, if I hold a postmodern view, if I claim to have a right, I'm really claiming an objective truth, aren't I? Because I'm saying I have this right, you have this right. I mean, I mean unless I mean, if you say you have a right, someone else doesn't. That, well, that, that opens up a can of worms, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's so just, really, I mean. To, to claim a right within a postmodern view really doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that's why then at the end of the day, it just it just descends into a tribalism, and it just, it descends into uh, me and my community versus you and your community. It actually where it ends up is the classic. It actually circles back around to the classic Marxist idea of the oppressed and the oppressors, right. and uh, you know that ends up in a perpetual state of civil war. I mean, it's a very opposite of any kind of uh, rights being guaranteed by a stable functioning governing principle, right? I mean, right. You just you end up in just a constant vying of power and punish punish your enemies and, you know, and throw out the oppressors. You know, it, it's literally, uh, it's the opposite of instability, which stability, I mean, th that's what human rights give us is to give us stability, right? right. I mean, one of the things that people don't talk about about the Constitution, if I can just throw this out there, but enshrined in our Constitution is the right to your the, to the fruit of your labor. So if you have an idea, um, an invention or something that um, is a product not just of your hands, but also of your of your thought process, you're entitled to the profits to that. That's why Abraham Lincoln rightly saw the amazing right enshrined in the Constitution um, that gave birth to the Patent Office, that if you come up with a new process or a new product, you're entitled for a set amount of years to exclusive right to that. You know, it, it, and so that, and, but that's a right, right? I mean, look at what happens when, when you don't have a patent, when someone comes up an idea, with an idea, they might not pursue it because they would just get ripped off. I mean, right. that's a really important concept that all of us use all the time, whether it's our iPhone or a car 
or um, or some new piece of technology. It's because you have a we all of us recognize the right. If that person came up with a new process, you shouldn't be able to rip them off. It also goes back to what you were saying too uh, about how if we the, the 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 freedom to serve the community. And if I'm some people might say, well, you know, like, like you were saying, like I might keep this to myself because I'm f- for fear of somebody stealing this. But what if that thing they're keeping to themselves? Is something could benefit the community. What if it's somebody that's in medicine and it's, a, it's, a, it's some sort of medical technology of some kind that could really serve a lot of people? You know, that would be that'd be a terrible thing if they were kind of keeping that to themselves. Uh, you know, China came up with uh, it's documented that China came up with a a, a group of pre, a community and a family of peasants came up with a metal foundry and a factory, and it was doing great business and it attracted the attention of the emperor's court. And they shut it down. They seized it and shut it down because they're trying to control it. I mean, all all economic, um, all economy is based on trust. It's that you're trusting someone that's going to buy your product. You're going to make something. People not aren't, aren't going to take it from you. They're going to trade with you. I mean, it's actually, you know, when you have a standard currency, it's actually a brilliant thing because that means people aren't taking your stuff uh, by force. They're actually trading. And, and all that is based on trust, that you're not going to get ripped off, that there's a standard set of, of weights and balances. There's a, a, a standard and a stable means of exchange. And so when we're talking about rights, this is actually this, – this encompasses all of life. I don't, I don't think people realize how foundational – because I learned this from an Indian, and he taught – he said that, that the Judeo-Christian world doesn't realize one of the reasons that their finances and their economies work so well, the marvel of the world, is because it's based on trust and it's based on uh, you being in a community and tr- and trusting your neighbor to do business with. You know, I, mean, I mean, think about it. What, what, what did they do during the Great Depression with the banking system when it started collapsing? The federal government stepped in and they guaranteed every account to $100,000. What was that? That was a guarantee so people had faith in the banking system. And so when we talk about rights and what you owe your neighbor, really it without that, it descends into barbarism, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. institutions can't exist without trust. Yeah. And the basis of trust is what you owe your neighbor. Do you owe him fair play? Do you owe her um, not to take something by force? You know, so I, I, I just think it's I, I think it's brilliant and I think it's something that us in this Western culture, we don't owe we don't understand the debt we owe to the prevailing, whether you believe that God exists or not, um, you know, or like uh, you know, uh commonly like Jordan Peterson saying he he acts as if God exists whether he does or not, right? Right. That idea of acting with that God exists whether he does or not. That idea is so important to the actual progress that was made uh, in in this this history of rights. I've actually heard I heard a professor, um, I read a professor at TCU say um, he said the Judeo Christian worldview has given us rights, and then now that we have these rights, we don't need the Judeo Christian worldview already uh, anymore. They've already gave us these rights; we can just take these rights rights and run with them. I mean, I think that idea is very dangerous. I think he's literally talking about having his feet firmly planted in midair, right? Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty prevalent today. Is you know, when we, when we mentioned this before, people borrowing from the Judeo-Christian ethic and just sort of assuming that these are, you know, 
inalienable rights, right? That these that yeah. you could just you could just take these uh, stand alone, like these take these by themselves and detach them from their origin. And I mean, look, look. I mean, look. We've spent billions of dollars trying to import these Western values at the barrel of a gun uh, into the Middle East, right? I mean, if we're gonna right. keep, if we're gonna be very, I mean, is is that? Uh, I mean, uh, I heard a guy uh, say, "Where is the Thomas Jeffersons of Afghanistan?" Well, we have to stop and look. I mean, is is do is there such a thing in the, as a uh, a Thomas Jefferson in a different worldview? in a different cultural uh, situation. Yeah. Well, speaking of worldviews, let's go back to our, our, our questions here about uh, examining some other worldviews. So Shane, what if I, if I hold a secular humanist worldview, right? Um, which I, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is you know, usually uh, very naturalistic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, secular, uh, most, the most commonly held definition of secular means here and now. So it's the idea of um, that what you put the greatest emphasis on is is the here and the now stripped of any kind of um, uh, a religious um, understanding. So it, it's the idea that you put great emphasis on the material and what's going on right now. And so, I mean, I would say that's probably uh, – it th that holds huge influence in our world, right? Right. Yeah, I mean it's um it's maybe pretty, the prevailing worldview, I don't know. Oh, uh, that's that's debatable now. Um yeah. uh, which uh that's it's very possible. But it, but it, if you hold that worldview, it's kind of what we've been talking about here is when you claim these rights, where do these rights come from? Especially, you know, if we if if we're if we're going to detach God from our reality, then and here's something I, I somebody brought this up. I thought, man, what a great what a great point. Um we have all these human rights, right? Many many people would claim that. Right. As, as humanity, we have all these various rights. I'm not going to name them, but people would claim them. Um, did we have those same rights when we were just primordial slime, when we were single-celled or organisms? Did those rights apply then? If not, when did the rights begin? If we were half monkey, half human, did we, were we entitled to those rights? Yeah, and at what point? So if you if you one of the most popular uh, foundations in secular humanism for human rights is the social contract, and if the social is exactly what you said, if the social contract gave you your rights, can't the social contract take them away? Yeah, you know, if everyone just sat down and we were like, okay, now we're going to give, you know, everyone in our community this right, who's to say if that that same community can't sit down and then take the rights of any given individual? Right. You know, it, it becomes, it's, it's such a, uh, do you have rights without roots is really, to me, is, is where the argument goes. I mean, if you don't have a developed root system for these rights, I mean, they're just as quickly, they can be yanked away, you know, and, and if they're given to you by the government, the government can take them away. Yeah. Then who's to, to judge the government on if they're enforcing uh, the rights or transgressing them? You know, is there something higher? These are the arguments that, that are, our governing system had had worked out to a large degree to give birth to our uh, nation, right? I mean, it was people sitting down right. and and figuring out what uh, what rights they're going to give each other. In fact, well, I mean, the Constitution didn't get passed until the Bill of Rights were added to it. You know, it didn't become the law of the land until the Bill of Rights were enshrined um, 
uh, otherwise there was there was too much opposition to the Constitution. I mean, because people said, "Hey, if you're going to build a, if we're going to be governed by the democratic process, that democratic process can become a majority that tyrannizes the minority." And so they said, "Hey, wait a minute, we'll agree to a baseline rights that will be guaranteed." Right, and then <clears throat> to to your point, that's that's where it gets so tricky. It's because people want to use, you know, like, like you said, con- in, in, the, in the context of U.S. citizens, that the con- U.S. Constitution is the, the foundation of their rights. But again, but, you know, and I know, I know what you're saying. You're saying that hopefully your, your governing body is drawing on right, hum- rights of a correct, um, of, a, of, a, of a worldview of, tr- of truth, of objective truth, and not just making up things. And so um, that, that, that can be kind of tricky, but again, we're talking within the context of all of humanity, not just necessarily, uh, one governing body. Um, but yeah, it, it could be, it could be, it's a little tricky. Let's go to our last one here. And uh, this, I think this is becoming more and more popular. You know, when you were saying you think the secular humanist is kind of the prevailing worldview. And I, I think the one that's gathering steam may not be in front, but it's, it's watch out is this kind of this, this term post-truth that's been introduced a sort of post-truth worldview that really tends to value feelings uh over over truth they acknowledge truth but feelings can be more important and this is this is why i think this is kind of more prevailing is because some of the the talk that we hear about this is when i ask you the question somebody thinks something i think it's a good idea they they come up with something well that's a great idea therefore it's a right well usually when they think it's a good idea there's emotions tied behind that i i like that i think the, the way it works it's a right i'm claiming that it's a right and without anybody second guessing that or any second thought to that, uh, which seems to be so prevalent to me, so um, yeah, the, the, I, I think this this this, po- this idea of post truth, man, when we're, we're putting our feelings, uh, we're making decisions with those and acknowledging truth exists but disregarding it, um, that makes it really hard to define what a right would be for all of humanity, wouldn't it? I mean, the, the underlying factor here is if, if we can't point to an objective truth it's really hard to claim any rights, right? I mean, that's kind of what you've been saying. You've been, you've been kind of hinting at that. I've kind of, we're, trying, we're trying to build up to, the, to finish off our little conclusion here. And I'll go ahead and take us there. Is, you know, if, 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 if we can't point to any kind of objective origin of truth of our rights, do we really have rights? Well, it, I think this is a perfect example. If you're trusting in education, or uh, or culture, just in and of themselves to guarantee your rights, just uh, just the good nature of people. I mean, uh, Germany was the most educated land on the face of the earth when the Holocaust happened. Um, you know, the communism at one point had a huge hold on so many different people, and in both those systems, whether it was fascism or communism, and this was this. You know, both my grandpas. Um, were involved in the in our effort against fascism and communism in both those systems which at, at one point had a huge sway over a lot of humanity uh, there was no individual rights as as we conceive them or see them so wow. what we're saying is not abstract I mean they can be uh, even in a modern culture industrial uh, educated culture uh, rights can be taken away right yeah. You know, and and so I, I think it's really important this discussion that we're having that unless you tie them to something substantial, uh, they can be swept away. I, I don't think people realize that r- how 
rights are actually a f- human rights are actually a fragile thing. They have to be safeguarded. Right. And of course, being Christians, we would hold that all, the foundation of all of our rights has to come from God. And yeah, Amago Dei. Right. And I think one of the foundational scriptures behind that would be that we were created in the image of God. And, you know, we talked about dignity and we didn't use the word, but we can use the word value as well. And I think when we say that, or what God says, that we were created in his image, that's where we receive that dignity. And that's where we receive that value. And that's where I think the foundation of rights begins, is having that dignity being, being given to us. We, there, from there is where, that's our starting point with rights, I believe. Well, it's, and it, it is not only is it a belief, but it's actually the historical fact. I mean, whether, right. you know, uh, are the tracing, like we were talking about, whether it's public education or the, uh, so we would say then the privilege in America and, and now right to a public education or uh, so many of the, you know, freedom of religion, um, right to bear arms, uh, freedom right. of the press, all those freedom of speech, all those flow from a very particular source. And all, all we're saying is that it's very important to pay attention to facts when you talk about rights. Right. Because uh, they didn't arise. Greek philosophy taught that some people were born to be slaves, right? We're, we, we just right. talked about modern examples of whether it's communism, whether it's fascism, or uh, uh, whether it's the caste system in Hinduism. About to say Hindu, or, yeah. or, or, or evolution. If you're evolution, what, at what point, if you're slime plus time, do you have any inalienable rights given to you, right? Right. I mean, so literally right, human rights arose and only everyone acknowledges human rights arose only in one place and in one source. And all we're saying is it's very important to pay attention to that fact because if you, if you, if you chop that off, if you destroy the foundations of that, will rights long exist or, or will they just fade like uh, flowers or leaves on a tree that's been killed, right? right. Will they just, will they just simply fade away? Yeah. That's true, yeah. And I, I think a lot of the rights that people claim, um, well, a lot of rights would pertain to equality, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah. Of these. And again, that we talk about breaking, uh, breaking down assumptions within statements. Well, you're assuming that we're all equal. Why do you assume that we're equal? Because again, some of these worldviews would... Survival of the fittest? How about survival of the fittest? Yeah, I mean, it's... Can you hold on to the idea of multiculturalism and evolution, survival of the fittest in the same breath? Yeah, I don't. I, it, it, I don't. I don't understand. I would. I would love to hear a response to that because I don't. I don't see how those how those coexist there. Because again, because when we're talking about quality, there we go. We're going back to the Bible saying we're made in God's image. That's that's where our dignity and value lies. And so, if I can't point to that, how can I say we're equal? If I can't say that we're equal, how can I say that this right that I have that leads to equality has any value to anybody, or it means anything? Has any objective value to it whatsoever? And so this is, this is what always goes through my head when, I'm, when I hear all these statements, when I'm listening to these claims about we have the right to this and right to that, I'm just like, yeah, we're going back well, to what we said. Says who? Says yeah, who? Well, I, you know, and, and look, at, look at human slavery. It existed everywhere, but it was only stopped in one place. And that mm-hmm. was by the idea of human uh, equality mm-hmm. by a Judeo-Christian worldview. If that yeah. was the only England and then America and, medieval, and before that medieval Europe. And these are the only places where human slavery was outlawed because, you know, it's very clear both evolution teaches and human, uh, human history in general teach 
that humans are anything but equal, right? That right. that is literally an idea that is a religious idea. Where would you ever find that in neither nature teaches it, neither evolution, like we're saying Greek philosophy, Hinduism? There is no what other worldview gives you the idea, uh, both in its history and its its practical practice that humans are equal in what worth equal in what dignity equal right. in value in fact that's literally abraham lincoln's key argument that he used in the uh in the debates uh when he was discussing with proponents of slavery was that idea that the because constantly what would be hit back is they they would say it was the inferiority of races that they would constantly try to the proponents of slavery would say these this people group is destined to be um, slaves because uh, they they're not equal to us in ability. And he would always point back with the with the message that they are equal because they were made in the image of God. That's right. And I think that's a good summary. That's where we lay the kind of wrap this up here. Is that uh, if we're going to ask the question of rights, we've got to ask where do the rights come from? And what we hopefully establish today is that if we if you can't point towards God as the foundation of your rights, I don't know where you could point to. I have no idea. Therefore, I don't understand where, how these could possibly be rights. Um, I would, I would love to hear an explanation of that, but we're going to go and wrap this up here. We're going along as always. We try to keep these short, but it always goes long. We, we always manage to do that, but that's okay. We have fun doing this and uh, it's a great, it's a, it's a great discussion and a discussion I think that needs to be had. Um, as, as we're, as, you know, leaders are making decisions and people are voting for leaders and people are holding positions quite passionately. I think it's really, under, it's really important that we understand the foundations of what we believe, strip away the assumptions and really look at what's left to make these informed decisions. Well, Shane, thanks for joining me as always. Another great episode here and uh, uh, enjoy having you. Always enjoy your, your intake, your, your, ra- your takes and your rabbit trails and all that. Always good to have. And uh, well, thank you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. See you later. Adios. Adios.